Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Hey guys, Matt Ryan here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just wanted to remind you that Championship Weekend is July 21st through the 23rd in Bullhead City, Arizona, and we want you there. So go to a7fl.com slash championship. That's a7fl.com slash championship. Sign up now and get your tickets to not only the A7FL Championship, but there's a flag football tournament if you want to play or watch. There's an AIFA game going on that weekend. There's a food truck show. There's a car show. There's so many awesome things going on that weekend. There might even be a live three-on-one podcast if you want to hang out and see us be stupid on a stage. Please do that. Go to a7fl.com slash championship now. Book your tickets now to join us at Anderson Automotive Fieldhouse. It's East meets West in the A7FL Championship. Once again, go to a7fl.com slash championship. This edition of the 3-on-1 is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare provides you the opportunity to get better at what you do professionally or learn something absolutely different. Go to Skillshare right now. Get a free 30-day trial on us by clicking the link in the description. That is a free 30-day trial of Skillshare just by clicking the link in the description. Be you, be cool. Use Skillshare. And now, it's time for the podcast. one podcast it is division championship week in the a7fl and i'm so excited to get through all of the action with you we're going to be breaking down the games but who am i without my co-hosts you know them you love them young corinth hammond coming to us from 1947 uh with the founding father hair this week and coming to us from a vertical phone which would be great on tiktok you know him, he's Big Rob Fabian, and we've got a guest this week on the pod because, well, we on the show like to give equal time to our other divisions when possible, and this week this guy is in a season, if not division-defining game, what could be the biggest game in Nevada, if not A7FL West history. It's the battle to play the Sin City Chaos, the sick with it, taking on the Insomniacs. Joining us from the sick with it is Darren Palmer. Darren, thank you so much for being on the pod. How are you days away from what is the biggest game in your division's history? Uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, I, I can't even explain it. I mean, I got a smile on my face, so I'm sure you can see it. 
And when we look ahead at this game, that game is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox 5.2 and also internationally on DAZN and on A7FL.TV. Me, Rob, and Corey will be calling all the action. You guys have been walking through people in a historic way. Uh, Cole Gardella, one of our statisticians alongside David Silverman, put you guys as the highest scoring offense in the league. What are the things that we haven't seen that Sikwit and Nevada Division fans and players have been seeing week over week on the path to the championship this Sunday in Nevada? Uh, man, if you haven't been watching this, honestly, you've been missing out. Um, Mark Gray, our coach, uh, he, he brings a certain type of, of discipline and a standard that, you know, all players have to meet. So uh, I feel like offense and defense has been definitely uh, fulfilling that role, not to the extent that we can, um, but they've been kind of doing their thing. And offense has really taken that discipline and, and gone another level with it. Um, I mean, we, we got guys on both sides of the ball. You tell them what to do um, and they, they'll just do it for you. No questions asked. Well, we've recently had a, a couple of insomniacs on our show, you know, relatively recently. We've had their quarterback, uh, Scott Hamilton Scooter, as well as uh, probably the anchor of their offensive line, uh, Kenny Mack, um, Nightmare X. And specifically when talking to Kenny, um, talking to Nightmare X, he was saying that when we compare your teams – they're, they're, they're very similar. They're so similar. It's hard to even sometimes look and say that this is the, the spot in which, you know, this, our team specifically, when they're talking about the Insomniacs, this is the place where we're better. This is where we're going to dominate this and that. You know, a lot of the conversation we've got from the other side is, is that, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, certain things like intangibles. Uh, you talk about uh, Jay Dot on your side when he was on the other side of the ball podcast. He was saying that, you know, and, you know, he says a lot of things and good for him. You know, shout outs to uh, Biggie and friends or whatever his podcast is. But Jay Dot was was on the other side of the ball saying that the difference between sick and insomniacs was the guys on sick. They, they ain't really concerned about the money. Now he hasn't stepped up to the plate and, and guaranteed, uh, you know, donating his share since he doesn't care about it. If you guys win, we'll talk about that if time comes. But similarly, talking to the Insomniacs guys, when, when asking what's the difference between the two teams, it was an intangible. When I asked DP, Darren Palmer, the, the, the standout wide receiver guy who goes in, uh, plays the tight end spot, even though he's obviously one of the more dangerous playmakers, and you know you get the mismatches there. What does Darren Palmer see as the difference between these, te- those, these two teams, the Insomniacs and Sick With It? And are you on a, on a similar vein, or do you see a, a clear difference based on this or that? Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because, um, I mean, I see the similarities because uh, a lot of those guys that's on the Insomniacs I've played with before, you know. Uh, Vegas division, extremely small. We've, we've been playing together for years, right? Um, it's, it's not much of a difference. Uh, I guess I have to say the biggest difference, I mean, I can't speak on the Insomniacs. It's just I know – how sick would it operates? You know, there's a certain standard, like I said. Uh, you know, we, we pride ourselves in uh, respect for the game, how we handle the game, how we go about things. And if we don't meet that standard, our coach or the players are not afraid to call out these individuals who's not doing it. Uh, the individuals that get called out, you know, there's only two ways to, to respond to that. Uh, they either pout about it or they man up and they deal with it. And, you know, they get back in there. They do what they need to do. 
Um, and I feel like that's that's what us. That's sick with the football. You know, we um we we make sure we go out there, take care of what needs to be taken care of. And for some reason, we don't live up to what we need to. We get called out. So what? Let's do it now. Uh, well, Lav, man, is uh, I know you like to call him Lord Tingen and everything from Demon Slayer, but um, hey, he does bring a sense of uh, energy and flashiness to Actually. to the game. You know, yeah, I got you. Um, he brings a sense of energy to it. Um, we'll still have the energy because it's, you know Lav is still with us, right? So he'll be on the sidelines. You can't get this dude to miss anything, practice, uh, meeting up, board work, whatever it is. He's not going to miss it. So we're still going to have that energy. Uh, but his excitement on the field is the, clearly the part we're going to be missing. Uh, when he's on the three-on-one and he breaks it up the sideline and throws up the deuces, you know, that, that kind of sets a uh, momentum shift in the game. Um, I mean, this, this is going to be next man up. You know, sadly, you know, I, I love Lav. You know, he's a hell of a player. But, uh, you know, we got guys who's going to have to uh, try to fill those shoes because if we want to win, I mean, that's what it's going to take. Darren, the yeah. – East Coast and West Coast factions, because they, at this point they are factions, different philosophies, different presentations of football, have given you and the Insomniacs a fair amount of credit, but do you feel that your opponents, the people you've competed against, have been given a fair shake? Because you've dog-walked a fair amount of your opponents so far this season— and a lot of people would look at that and criticize that you've only had maybe two real opponents this season in the Force and the Insomniacs. What are the things that people aren't seeing about these teams that are making these ga- these matchups a little difficult for you guys? What are the things you're noticing about your team week over week as you keep getting closer uh, to this matchup with the Insomniacs? What has that evolution been like for you guys, and what are some things that you could say about the teams you've played against to really fortify the development of this division below the you know top three teams? Uh, I mean, to, to to all the teams that's out here, right? You you got to give them a, a sense of respect, right? Because they wouldn't be out here if they didn't, you know, have love for the game and you know some sort of talent for the game, right? Nobody's going to be out here, you know, never caught a football a day in their life, right? So. Oh, I see you, Rob. Oh, yeah, you got to give them some sort of respect, right? So uh, the teams that we play, uh, especially. <laughs> Nine, 92. <laughs> um, 92. I was about to bring them up. OTT got hurt. We already talked about this, right? Uh, you know, so we, we play that game. They put up a good, good bit of points on us, too, because uh, they didn't give up, especially Savion. That that boy, anytime he gets the ball, he's going to try to put the points on the board. So, um. And, and, you know, if you got a team like the goal, Jeremiah, right, he, he tries to lead that team more of a ways than one. If not at quarterback position, he'll take snaps at receiver. Uh, he's the coach. He's the leader. He's everything there. So, I mean, each team has has heart, you know, depending on how much heart, you know, that might be the difference in certain teams. But how do you compare top to bottom Vegas division to the rest of the divisions that you've seen? What can the bottom of Vegas do? Uh, Nevada division, man. Um, I, I know the the East Coast. They, they don't for some reason they don't like to give props. I don't know why that is. That's just whatever. I mean, I I grew up in Philly, so I never had the issue. But uh, you know, I feel like East Coast. You know, they do that thing, right? It, it started there. Uh, you know, I give them their respect, their their props, and everything. Um, so they bring a, like a certain level of talent for sure. Um, I feel like Nevada bring the same level of talent um you know we got guys that's here 
where everybody's not from Vegas. Like that's that's not the thing. Right. Like for some reason right. everybody says Vegas doesn't have this, Vegas doesn't have this. Most of the people that's in Vegas is it's a melting pot, right? We we got people from Philly, uh Georgia, we got people from all over the world. We just ended up in Vegas. We bring that same type of football that we've grown up with, we just brought it here to Vegas. There's nothing different about it whatsoever. Um the uh the the lower ranked teams that's in uh A seven Nevada. I mean, uh, we know who they are. Um, I feel like it's, it's going to take reps. It's going to take a uh, change of personnel some places because everybody wants to play uh, with their buddies, their friends, or maybe they didn't know somebody, so they got picked up free agency. Uh, once they get those reps in, they get a, a certain uh, type of standard. I keep talking about that. Uh, for that team, I feel like that will increase over time. I mean, these we, we haven't been here for very long. So these teams that just put together teams and, and their people, their players – it's going to take some time. Not everybody's able to hit the ground running. Okay, I'm I'm gonna ask you some serious questions now. It was right, no, right. no, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about no bum ass teams. I'm not <laughs> talking about no bottom tier shit. I don't care about none of them. As far as you were concerned, amongst the top echelon of this league, where does sick with it stand? If you have to reseed everybody right now, where would you put sick with it? amongst all the monsters and you know who the monsters are so don't give me no ot whatever and gold rush and all this other shit Corey be talking about give me give it to me straight man i know all right so i know we get compared a lot to the insomniacs which you know it makes sense the way we build our team that's how it is um i, I feel like i feel like all the top teams they're the top teams for a reason right so there's similarities across the board like with all these top teams so honestly i'm sorry to give you the the whole you know the, the answer as far as there is none like there's I don't see I don't see the ranking list the way that you see it, Rob. I'm sorry, but I feel like the top teams, the dogs that's in this league, there's too many similarities across the board, man. So uh the, the difference yeah, in ranking is just fine. who ends up losing that week. That's it. Okay, that's cool. Now style between the BIC and the U, where do you believe your style would your team style would best fall? Who would be a better uh, for you guys, the BIC or the U? Man, they they both some dogs, honestly. Uh, I get you. I, 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 honestly, I, I see too many similarities across the board. I mean, they both got some some quarterbacks. I know. Uh, was it Patterson? You they they had the uh, the two quarterback shift, right? They they yeah. So I mean, we kind of got the same thing. We got we got Jeremy. We got Jerry. We do the same thing. So. Uh, it's hard, Rob. I'm, t- I'm trying to give you a definite answer, man. But I mean, they, they got some three on one guys. It's just some ballers, right? We got they got uh, was it uh, Ashanti Worthy? What's his name? Worthy, right? Worthy, worthy from yeah, the BIC. We we got laugh. I mean, I, I know that Worthy's been at it for a while, so he he's going to get that that the glory, like as well deserved. But and like I said, too many similarities across the board to sit here and say that. Our game is more so like that one. I mean, game plans also change depending on who you're playing against, too. So do you think that you guys can draw up a proper game plan to deal with East Coast guys? Because now that you've said several times that the talent level is pretty much the same, that's how you feel your opinion, which is well-respected, how do you feel you guys can out-game plan people that have actually ingrained this game in their blood, like, do you guys feel like you can out game plan these guys? Yeah, I mean, but you you got to feel that way, right? You go into a game, you can't go in there like, oh well, we might win. Uh, I hope we do our best. Like, you can't do that. So 
I, I got to have a sense of confidence to sit here and say that, yes, we can do that. Um, and, and the guys that we have, you know, the coaches that we have in our place, the players that we've had to play that the levels that they do, like we've, we've been doing this for a while. So when you break down fundamentals and you're game planning against other people, you look at their tendencies, uh, you look at things that they don't do. You look at if their eyes are bad in the backfield, like you look at those things. So, I mean, depending on, it doesn't matter what team you're playing. I mean, uh, you, you game plan those things. I mean, you game plan them because you expect them to work. Okay, last question, because I'm trying to get you, DP. You're not, you're not letting <laughs> me get you. I'm trying to get you. At, let's say, let's say everything goes exactly the way sick with it wants it to go. And you guys are at the big dance in Arizona. It's you guys uh-huh. waiting for whoever. Who would you want to play against and why out of who's left? You have to I'll, pick one. I, I would, okay, I'll pick one. I want to play Patterson you. I, I want to play Patterson okay, cool. Like I mean, but okay. the, the reason the reason being, because I mean I seen that game against BIC. That was a hard fought game, man. Like they they didn't give mm-hmm. up. They were some dogs. And I mean, if you're a football player, you live for those types of games. Like that got oh, me yeah, excited. Sure. I I felt like I was in the game. Like I'm sitting there watching it. Like I'm standing <laughs> up. I'm I'm out the bed now. Like I'm getting excited as if I'm on the field next. So I yeah, mean, I you, you gotta love. Touched. That's what I'm saying. You you gotta love that that like when you see other people with the same kind of passion you got in football. Mm-hmm. Like I, I gotta say, Patterson, you because they they dogged it out. They played. And I mean, they're they're also an orange team, so we're an orange team. We got to find out who could actually, you know, rock with the orange yeah. a little bit better. So, hey, who's Seven, it gonna be? Six, the snap! Five. He gets there! Is he in? He stopped behind the line at the trading BIC. What are they gonna to call survive? it? We Do don't care what the team says. Them? We care what the zebras say. Wait for the refs, guys. Wait for the refs. It comes touchdown! Oh my God! Oh my! three-on-one podcast. I'm Matt Ryan, joined alongside Big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond. And before we went to break, we have Darren Palmer from the Sickwitted here. Corey, you had a question for him. What is that question? Uh, Nightmare X is undefeated against OTT defensive linemen, not just in the trenches as it pertains to football, but for Rochambeau. And for those who don't know what that is, that's rock, paper, scissors for you uneducated plebs. You do know he took off his shoes to play that game, right? He was barefoot. Uh, I just, wow. he, told, he let Listen. me know that. Just just so you just to give us some more context on what Corey's about to he say. Could've, he could've that taken, man was barefoot. He could have played one handed. Um, you know, he could have played just quarterback. Uh, you know, so my question was to to DP Darren Palmer joining us, wide receiver, offensive weapon, because sometimes he goes into that same role courage does at the tight end and gets lost. I don't know why. Please Please, if you want a chance against Sickwood, you probably should at least try to cover him. He's going to go top shelf on most defensive backs anyway. But what is it like? You you were just talking about the you BIC game. You were watching it. You 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 wanted to get on the field. You wanted next up. You were 
excited by the competitive balance of that game and how hard fought that championship level game was. And then you said you wanted to be the next game. Well, what I said was the next game up was an absolute massacre of a team in OTT, which you guys put up 92 against. And then you guys had the uh, unfortunate, you know, task of, of sending home the Los Angeles Aces and setting the table for the, the matchup of the evening, which was Casey Cox versus the Turf. And that was a hard-fought game as well. But tell me what it's like as, as you guys, as talented as you guys are, as deep as your roster is, wanting that competition, being disappointed week in and week out. And is is it a fair enough test of for you guys going into a game, a tough game against a, a tough opponent like Insomniacs, you know, basically getting ready, ready for it against, you know, week one, the Insomniacs game, week one of the playoffs against the force. And pretty much every other week you guys had a buy. What's that like? And, and, and how excited are you for this weekend in which we're finally going to see, uh, you know, sweat on the brow of, of you and your teammates. Um, you know, going into a, a game, you know, uh, th- things tend to go your way, right? The, when, the, when the score ends up, you know, starting to go up a little bit, uh, like the, the atmosphere doesn't change, right? You, you still want to bring a sense of uh, competitiveness um, to it. You, you don't want to take your, your foot off the gas. Um, if your opponent, for some reason, if they're not able to, to stick with you that, you know, throughout the game, uh, I feel as though at that time, that's when you start working on things that you need to handle and fix, right? Um, like if I'm if I'm going against a DB um, and they're for some reason not guarding me, right, I'm still giving everything I got because I need to work on my releases. I need to work on uh, my deception and my routes and my speed, things like that. So uh, regardless of the opponent, like you, you need to still be up there, you know, as, as far as what you need to focus on. So if you're not playing them, I guess the best way to put it is start playing against yourself, like how you can get better. Um, but I don't feel like it hurt us at all, right? If we, if we go into this game, um, we've been working on the things that we need to work on. Uh, we're going to say, still bring this um, this excitement to the table, right? This is the game that we've been waiting for uh, for a while. We played them first game of the season. We haven't been able to play them since. Um, and we're, we're aware of, you know, how they rank uh, Insomniac compared to us and all this other craziness. Um, we, we want this game. We bring it. Like, that sense of excitement that I feel and on the football field is my entire team feels. Like, they want that competitiveness. They want that 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 passion in the game. They, they want to win. They want to play, you know? So, I mean, I, I say all that just to say that, you know, we are ready. We're, we're, we're excited to play uh, those games. You know, we made it this far. We're not worried about it now. It's the next game up. You feel like being in – being the top of the Vegas division like you guys are and having to deal with the poo putts that you play on a regular, you know, in the regular season, week in and week out, where pretty much it's only two big games and everybody else is a layup. Do you feel like that that does hurt you guys in a way? Because when the chips are down and it's time to be battle tested, it would be you versus a team that's actually had to go through the gauntlet. Do you feel like in the long haul that it's possible that that can hurt? If it wasn't, any, if it was any other team other than us, yes. And, and the only reason I say that is because the, the only reason I said is like I say, like everybody gives Mark Gray, MG, 
uh, our coach, our, the, his props is because it's well-deserved. Like the way we go about practice, we are going at it at practice. Like we, we are legit, like to the point where dudes are starting to, you know, like we'll talk a little bit, you know, it's brotherly love and everything, but we're going at it, right? It's, it's a sense of competitiveness at practice like we would have in the game. So even if we are, you know, walking through some of the teams, you know, putting up points and everything, it is what it is. We're still having that sense of competitiveness, that 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 competition level at practice. So it's not for when you. When you guys played the force two weeks ago, um, would you say that was probably one of the more competitive games you had this year? Yeah, yeah, I say that. Is, was the competitiveness? There, was the competitiveness of that game what some of the people on your team have said, which is? you guys kind of, you know, weren't together and then you finally did and then you blew them out? Or was that Force team representative of top Vegas comp? Uh, I mean, Force, we, we already seen what they did. They came out, they punched us in the mouth, like, right away. Um, And the way that they were playing, like, that's, that's Vegas comp. You know, it took us a while to get back to what, you know, how we play, you know, back to the, the way Vegas comp should be. It took us a while to get back to that. Uh, the Force was doing their thing, though, for sure. Um, They just... Took a little bit for us, I guess, to put our foot on the gas. For some reason, we forgot how to drive. Well, I think our question. Well, hold on, yeah, because I was trying to get somewhere. I'm happy Corey asked that though. But what happens? What are you guys doing? It's a few questions. What are you guys doing to stop yourselves from getting into this slow start that got you guys in trouble against the force? What what were you What are you doing to correct that? And if that were to happen again? against a team like the Insomniacs, against a, t- a team like the U or the Watchmen or the Nightcrawlers, they might not let you come back. And what would you guys do when facing adversity of that magnitude? Uh, if, we, if we, for some reason, had our foot off the gas and it took us a little bit to wake up, yeah, I don't expect those guys to let us back in the game. I mean, honestly, they, they shouldn't, right? Um. And if for some reason we were to do that, I mean, we still have to focus on uh, the game itself. Like, we got to, same thing we did, kind of nut up a little bit and just, you know, handle business. Like, no matter what the score is, uh, even if for some reason somebody's down by a lot, like, you still got to come at it. Like, it does not matter what the score is. And I expect the guys on our team to do the same thing. No matter what the score is, no matter how much we're up, how, no matter how much they're up, like, you, you got to keep playing because – I've seen games where somebody's down by four or five touchdowns, they come back and they win. Or they come back and they end up losing by just three points. Well, not in this league, because we ain't, you know, whatever. But um, but yeah, things happen. So I mean, I expect my guys to, you know, keep at it, you know, not quit, not not uh chill and relax, because I mean there's way too much time on the clock. Well, so, I think so that, was that game a wake up call? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I know the other the other side of the ball didn't think it was going to be a close game, but I'm pretty sure we're on record thinking it was going to be a much closer game than I think even you guys thought it was going to be. I'm just hoping that wake-up call was enough to keep you guys awake because I'm really looking forward to this Insomniac's game. I, I'm, I might be just as excited as you guys are to play each other. I would love to watch. I can't wait to call it. And I'm just hoping – being that you guys play such lax competition all year, and that this goes for the Insomniacs as well. This is not just for you guys. 
Because I think which, whichever one of you guys hops up on ass first, pause, is going to be the person, you know, the team that gets over and wins the game. So I'm just hoping that is corrected, and I can't wait to watch the game. Yep, yep. I, uh, after that first game, that's literally our only L, like in L column. So, I mean, when you sit there and you look at the schedule and have that, that ugly-looking shape, like, right there on your calendar, like, it, it should bother you a little bit, right? So, um, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm sure, like, I mean, I speak for my team when I say this, is, like, there shouldn't be any waking up during this game. We should go into this game wide awake, energy-fueled, ready to go. Like, we've been drinking caffeine all day. Like, we're, we should be hyped. Like, there is no waking up. We should go into that game already ready to go. Well, it's funny. It's funny that we're at the final four that we're at, especially the West Coast game, because if you listen to our show – there's a couple of, of topics that sometimes creep up in, in our journey, at least week, week uh, you know, year one in the podcast and, and year nine and a seven. You know, a couple of them are coaches versus, you know, player management, you know, you know, player led uh, all, offense, defense units, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Rob's going to grow the, the multiple quarterback systems. In Vegas, you guys, and it seems like the top teams especially, have adopted the coaching staff view of, you know, the Insomniacs have James, you guys have Mark, and we I've heard from both, got, uh, both guys from both rosters that those guys have just as important a role, if not a more important role, than some of the other you know, coach type personalities, either from, you know, other divisions or, or how, whatever it is. But also you guys have, you know, the, the JG starting quarterback, most of the time quarterback and Jerry, who is, is proven when he comes in uh, that he's just as effective. Have you followed our conversations on those two topics? Yes. Yes, I have. Where do you fall in first the coaching staff and then the, the two quarterback thing, because I'd love to hear as, as a huge fan of our show um, what you think of when we talk about the, the, the differences of opinion on what's the better way to, uh, you know, build a winner in this league. Uh, I feel like the coaching staff is the best way to go about things. I'm not sure. Does, uh, does BIC, Patterson, you do they have coaches or is it player coaches? What is it? Sure. Right. So it's both. I think. Okay. Uh, what we have in the East Coast is we have uh, institutional memory of the guys that run teams, whether they're, you know, Ryan Shamar for the U or Kenny Stansberry for BIC. There's guys that kind of fill roles that aren't, you know, as specifically defined as Vegas. Kenny's a there's player. No, there's no defined coaches in right. Kenny's the a player, East. but you can't there's tell no me such he thing. coach. Right. And, yeah, and he Ryan's doesn't coach, not necessarily a coach, he, but you can't he tell coach, he doesn't have I, a, a manager. I played, for, I, I played for both teams. I won for both teams. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. There are no coaches. There are no coaches okay. whatsoever. What All you right. have are managers. What you have are guys that will tell you, hey, we need the next man up. Oh, we need – oh, he, Rob needs one. Come on, get Rob out of there. Let's send – there's no one running back to tell the quarterback what plays to run defenses there's a leader on defense that knows what needs to be done he's calling out and that's probably the most you'll get in a coaching standpoint a guy helping run the defense okay but right, as so far I mean, as somebody calling specific plays no there are no coaches 
All right, so, okay, so I have to change it then because, I mean, the, the way that Mark coaches, like I still consider that coaching, you know, he, he kind of takes his hands off of the wheel for a little bit. You know, he lets Jeremy do his thing. He lets the guys on defense do their thing. Uh, but he's just there. Like, he says it all the time. Like, we're men. Like, we're, we are grown men. There should be no reason why he should have to, you know, facilitate things to a certain level and extent. We've all been playing football for a while. He's just like the eyes that kind of looks at things. So if we're on offense and Jeremy's not seeing certain things, he'll bring that to his attention. Like, Mark is a QB, well, QB, safety, quarterback, whatever. Uh, he, I mean, he's everything. So he's been around the game for a while. So he's able to give different eyes on it, and he's able to put his perspective in, in, through a voice and let us know what's going on. Same thing defensively. Uh, as far as coaching, I mean, he, yeah, it, it sounds like the same thing. Outside of how, because I'm glad you said that, because the way that it's been presented to us was it's hands-on, play-by-play, analyzing. The way you just described it is exactly what's happening in the Northeast. So there's no well, that's how That's how one of Darren's former coaches tried to approach it, and we saw how that worked. Well, well yeah, we don't, talk about, is, we don't talk about people like that. We don't talk about people. Well, what, what I was going to say, Rob, is, is that if you really break down what Kenny does now and what Ryan do, has done since his, you know, kind of, you know, introduction to the league, I think it's really similar to what we're kind of dancing around, and that's really the argument. I don't think we don't have – we don't have pop around out here teaching scheme and, and, and you know, teaching footwork and, and hand position. But I think we do have game managers, uh, you know, cooler heads prevailing. And I think what we have is is a situation in which, you know, it's it's good to have eyes on the sideline, kind of that extra set that that overseer of things especially when it comes to managing not only the 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 physical and actual reps right Darren but also yep. the personalities cuz i would say both of your teams both squads over in Vegas they're they're jam packed with the the talent um that you would need to win it's just managing those guys getting them in and out getting the right uh you know groupings of chemistry and all that kind of stuff and like you said holding practice making these guys kind of work against each other and you know it's it's funny we talked to the uh i talked to scooter and he said he'd get a better workout scrimmaging his own guys it feels like the top four teams in vegas are the insomniacs the insomniacs the sick with it and the sick with it and then maybe we can facilitate getting uh, a little bit more of those uh inner squad scrimmages uh on games of the week but what well, that's the coaching thing, and I think the coaching thing is just a miscommunication or a mislabeling mm -hmm. of what is a coach and what a coach's role in the A7 is. Because I think you guys are zeroing in on the, the way that it benefits teams because we could see it week in, week out. You guys are prepared. You're talking about the film that you're watching. You you ask the guys on the U when they come on our show, you know, the, especially the guys from Baltimore, they were saying, like, yeah, there's there's a leader, there's a driver of that ship. It's Ryan Shamar. He's not going out there and telling Moon what – play to run that's ridiculous but i think he's the one who's kind of setting the table and making sure those guys are in in the right spots but now here's the even grownier question as you can see rob's face changing yeah because you changed you i, I want to address you really quick because you definitely changed you definitely changed your stance because that ass wasn't talking you was talking about coaching coaching everybody was talking about coaching coaches where they, they call coach is not a coach because no 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 a coach is not what. a coach. A coach is not a coach. We got to call it what it well, is. What does Mark Ray stand on the sideline the, for? He's just sitting he's there. He's a, a game manager. Fan. He's 
No, he's a game manager. But the way you guys were implying coach, it was it was as if this guy has the clip. This is the play we run next. And we do this no matter what. This is it. This is all. Like, that's not. And my my argument was exactly what's going on on, on sick with it right now. That's what that's how teams win. Not that other style. Whatever the, the chubby guy that left, whatever that coach was doing. I'm not talking about what he was doing. Yeah, and that's what you were fighting for. So let's be, let's be oh, clear, Corey. Don't, for don't make, I was don't make Matt get the receipt. What's the coach <laughs> yeah, coach is cool. Darren, what what is Mark Gray to you guys? He's your manager. I call him coach. That's what. Well, that's uh, that's I mean, that, so, yeah. Rob, you could call it whatever you want. I think you're wrong. Coaching is good. Have we gotten to the point on this show where we're arguing about fucking nomenclature? I guess. I don't know. I was asking about coaching, and Rob said it's bad, and then we said that it's great. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. You're saying it's like bad no because of what you how you made it. it. It's it's a level of leadership that is needed to get and to that's the next perfect. level. And we've seen and that, the teams yeah. that are remaining in the A7FL playoffs, they have strong leadership. The teams that we Yeah, that was never the issue. That was, that was never the issue here out east, and I think the thing that we saw that gave the force the advantage in 2022 was that strong leadership heading into Nevada in 2023. We saw what James take over the insomniacs. Donnie Bunak was a great leader, but that leadership plus that level of athleticism and that level of cohesion. And on top of what you guys are doing over at the sick with it gave the force a run for their money. And I think that it's going to be a while for the other teams in Nevada to get that quality leadership consistently. The pit bosses in the fall had the insomniacs and sick with it kind of in a fusion dance in the sense that they had the high-level athletes and they were playing in a scheme and a system that kind of almost imploded during the championship game and got out of it because of the level of athleticism from a Trey Robinson. Basically took and a Darren over. Palmer and a lavish and tea, a Darren right? Palmer. I'm not gonna shade, I'm not gonna congratulations. No, 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 I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying, I think that what happened in the fall is the well, we booted our guest. I could finally see Matt. <laughs> there he is. Now I'm gonna edit the shit out of this show, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that I ruined it. I don't, I don't know what just happened there. Fucking it's internet. Not my internet. Internet. Not this time. Nah, Corey, clean this time. Corey sounds amazing. Nah. So we here. Do your hand thing so we can reset. Three, two, Corey. So that that handles the, the you know the easy question that is coaches or not coaches, which we always mess up somehow. We always agree with each other and then just disagree because it's more fun. And uh, shout-outs to, to Shannon Sharp. We're going to miss you, buddy, because, you know, for all, for, all the, for all the arguments that happen, man, nobody's on Skip's side, and I hate that people sometimes think I'm Skip. But speaking of assholes, no, I'm sure. um, the, the, the other question that I was kind of hinting at that we always go at, it's funny because both of the games featured this weekend are going to kind of really, you know, test our uh, understanding of that, right? Me and Rob were actually having a private conversation, which were friendly privately. Um, shocking. But we were watching Stick With It, and, you know, we were having fun in the chat one game, and it was the Force game, and there was a lot going on. And, you know, my wife was involved in the conversation, and, and things were said 
uh, you know, about certain people and, and all kinds of different things. But one of the things that we actually were talking about was Jeremy Geary, quarterback, uh, quarterback. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? See, when you're holding the phone in your hand, you, mess, you have other ways to mess up. Nobody ever said I had good hands. I could throw it, but I can't catch it. Um, pause. <laughs> so, we, me and Rob were talking about the, the quarterback that you guys go with most of the time, JG, reminds us of a guy, RF1, uh, mm-hmm. for the Savage. And it's, it's interesting that you guys even have a similar co- color scheme of jersey that they used to have. And he's right. that tall, stereotypical pocket passer with plenty of mobility, you know, has the, you know, has the savvy. You could see that he has the, you know, the, 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 the intangibles and some of those things. But then you also have another quarterback that can come in and, you know, we talk about him all the time. And, and, and we've seen your, your other guys come in and, and make impacts, you know, even if it's down the roster and you guys are just having a, a silly time with it because you're up by 70. But when it comes what I my argument with the double quarterback thing always comes down to in the tight game, in crunch time situations, when you have one drive left to go, you have to have at least in your mind the the sense of this is the guy we're gonna go with. And and most guys will say the real easy answer, well, whoever's got the hot hand. But when it when it really comes down to it, and if if you're in a tight game, I'm sure that if you are playing both guys, they're both going to have their ups and downs in the course of even just one game. How do you guys think you're going to determine who that guy is that goes in, and why is it JG and and why is why is it better to have just one quarterback? Uh, I, I don't think it's better just to have one. Honestly, I feel like uh, football is is more than just. It's, it's honestly more than just uh, going out there who's the, the better athlete, honestly. It's, it's a chess game. So things are situational most of the time. So even if, you know, you, you got a guy that's barely been playing, right, um, who's to say that he's not the answer to get that first down? Like, even if he has the cold, you know, hand or arm or whatever, like, he still brings something to the team. He brings something to the table. And if you need to use it at that time, then you use it at that time. Um, like, I think it just happened that the guys that won, that the guy was cold and he came in yeah, and yeah. on fourth down. So, so it's, it's just, it's whoever it is. So if like, if Jeremy, Jeremy does a lot of things very well. Like I love JG. I love Jerry too. Uh, but if there's something that Jerry, you know, does something a little bit different, or if it throws the defense off because Jerry's in a little bit, you know, it, it may work in that, in that, uh, that, uh, that circumstance, that situation. So. It's different every time, so you can't really just have one answer clear across the board. And that makes sense. And I'm not going to take away from you. Got to have more than one guy, especially because you know the 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 type of league that we play. You can't just guarantee that somebody's going to be healthy. But normally, when teams have that, they have quarterbacks that have like real at least contrasting styles. Mm-hmm. What is it that JG and Jerry do differently? that, you know, it would make sense to have one or the other. Because to me, both of those guys feel like more your your, your kind of stereotypical West Coast polished pocket passer with mobility. What what di- what distinguishes one from the other? And in what situation do you go with Jerry over JG when it's not, you know, a, a level of inconsistency or or or, you know, he's struggling? 
to, to kind of um like corner that answer into one is is, is kind of tough to do. Uh, Jerry, I mean, he's been the game. He's been around the game for a while, right? He, he's definitely been around the game for a while, uh, just like you, Corey. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, he's better. He's better than me. He he went against me head to head and smoked me. Now he had eight seconds to throw and I had point three, but uh, that's another conversation. Uh, you, you, you will never let that down. You will never let that down, huh? Um, and Endeavor won't live that down. I, I'm fine with it. I've moved okay. on. <clears throat> Got to. Uh, JG, he has um, you know, his his sidearm release. You know, he's able to get uh get the football to certain places. You know, that some quarterbacks can't necessarily fit it in. Uh, to you know, in certain you know plays, routes, things like that. Uh, Jerry, he has a nice touch on some certain passes. It's just so their releases are different, uh, but I think that's the extent in which they're different. I mean, their mindsets uh, are pretty similar. Uh, Jerry has been around it for a while, so I mean, he may see things a little bit differently at some points. Uh, but the way that these guys converse at practice, they talk about it, they pick each other's minds to the point where you know they they kind of mold into the same person. Uh, I mean, clearly they're their own individual, but depending on the circumstance, you know, you you could throw Jerry in there if you if he's been seeing something all day and has been exposed and JG hasn't noticed it, right? Uh, he could just say, "Hey, Jerry, it's you. Tap out. You know, it is what it is. Next man up." Um, so it's it is situational, and just to say one particular cornered answer, you can't really do. do well, you how about think that's because a fair but, way to do it, right? Of course, you got your guys back, and I actually agree with you. I think both of those guys have have proven and shown that in the crunch situation, I would probably trust both of those guys personally. Let's talk about your opponent. When you're looking at the other side of, of the field and you're looking at what the insomniacs are doing, which quarterback would you prefer to be in the game and why? One I prefer to be in the game. Um, man, uh, I mean, all those guys I've, I've been playing with for years. Trey is one heck of an athlete. I always got to give Trey his props. Uh, he gets the ball in his hands. He might be, he might launch it deep. But he might run. Uh, Scoot, he, I mean, he's a, he's a Mack truck. It's hard to get him down. So he's able to make the long passes because he can't get down the field. Then you got Q who can throw the entire football field. So, uh. I, that's hard to say. I mean, if we got a game that's depending on it and it is fourth and 45 and they got Q out there, I'm going to be a little upset because Q can throw the length of the you know football field. Uh, if, it's, if it's fourth and short or something like that, I'm going to be upset if Trey's in because he's able to use his legs. So it depends on the circumstances and situations. Like, I know I keep going to that. No, no, no. I lose. But I it's the same thing. I lose. This no, it's argument. perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, because Corey's going to lose this <laughs> argument 10 times out of 10. Because so what I was going to ask is, do you not think that's just the way our game is evolving past what we're used to? Because what Corey will always say before we have this conversation is traditionally, 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 there's absolutely nothing traditional about a seven. So do you, JP, think that our game is evolving to the point where starters don't necessarily matter? Who's who started the game? Who's who started the game? Who's finishing the game? Who's playing in the game? Doesn't necessarily matter if you have talent all across the board. Do you do you feel like that's where the game is going? Oh, for sure. Like if I mean, you got guys that 
uh, the way the Insomniacs built their team, the way we built our team, BIC, Patterson, you, they have dogs in every position. So just because one dog leaves and walks off the field doesn't mean the next man up is not one. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a chess piece. It's a chess game. I mean, so if I step out, you, I, we got my boy LA, like I got full faith and confidence in what he can do. Like I, I would, if they say LA is going in for this route, bet, you know, I'm, I'm slap his hand, high five, go get it. You know, it is what it is. Like, so the way that the A7's built, I love it because it's not about starters. Like you talk to Mark, there is no starters. Like if there's concepts, there's things that we want to take advantage of. There is no starters. Every game is a chess match against another coach, another team, players, individuals, and that's what it is, what it is. So I feel like that's what the A7 is. I feel like that's what we are going to be. I just want to and I respect it, and I, and I get Go ahead, man. My bad. Just, I'm I just wanted a quick aside. That's the thing that I find most intriguing about the A7FL is situational management is way more like hockey, basketball, or baseball than it is pro football, NCAA football, because the running clock, there's always that element there where you always have to make up these matchups on the fly. You're, you're working with less space and less personnel, so there's less clutter, but there's way more at stake, and there's way more emphasis on athletes than sometimes outside of the offensive line or defensive line. In, in terms of skill positions. If you're able to beat somebody off the ball, you can get and build an offense around that. If you have the ability as a quarterback, like you said, whether it's Q throwing at 50 yards, Trey being able to do both, and Scooter kind of being the middle of that seesaw to where he's in you know an immovable object. You can't bring him down, but you also have the, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's, mo- he's fast for a larger individual. We got to respect our own shout out, run, Matt, run. But when, when we look at that, I think that provides a way more entertaining game for the modern fan because when you look that at what the Stanley Cup finals and the NBA finals did. In terms 71 of nothing. Because I agree with what you guys are saying, but my thing would be is as if, Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. And obviously, if I include myself, you can hate on me, which makes it more fun of a show. But Sterry Codrington and myself, two totally Last different of a dying breed. The last of a dying no, but, breed. But, but if, if if I was on BIC, would you not still want Sterry Codrington in almost every play over me? Situational, Corey. Well, yeah, because because that... when we talk about the teams that are that have won, now we're talking about the teams that have the two quarterbacks. They have the guys that are comparable. We talk about sick with it. I think JG, Jeremy Geary, and and Jerry are comparable. I think we just got it from a sick with it player that the guys on the Insomniacs, and he includes Trey because we know he can what he can do at quarterback. He's not even nominated himself really for that role in general. It's pretty much Q and Scooter that go in most of the time. Not that Trey can't, but they're relatively comparable according to Darren Palmer, who knows them better than we do. But when you look at the team, the, the teams like the Animals, BIC, and teams that have that 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 top tier quarterback that's way better than the others, I think it's a detriment to take those guys out. I think it's not a, a sound oh, football decision to course. take those guys I'm, out. I'm fine so my, with my that. My other argument really then is if you guys can just interchangeable parts go in and out with these with these guys that are basically the same level, 
does it not bode better for the competition of the league to have some of those guys stand out a little bit more with more of the game, with more opportunities? Oh, Corey, I'm going to say it a thousand times. You gave me two quarterbacks with no one as their backup. What happens next year, and this is all hypothetical, if Huff goes to BIC, then what, Corey? Then what are you going to say? So, what, what, so what do you say? No, you, I'm asking. What, what would you say? Because what, whatever you do is whatever you do. But you think it's good for the league if, if the Northeast has Huff Ooh, and Stereo on bro, the same bro. team? Who cares what's good for the league? It's your, listen, it's your responsibility as a team to go collect players. It's Matt not the league. It, listen to what I'm saying to you. But the league is not collecting players. It's not. What the, do we say? It's, who's, hold who's on, the, hold on. The league is not bringing in these players. The high-level players are not coming from A7 posts on Instagram. They're coming from word of mouth, from people that are good, bringing in other good people to join the league and see that this shit is amazing. So then they're like, on my first year, I don't care about what the NBA is. I don't don't care. He won a chip. This is what we're talking about. Kevin Durant. Give like the 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 settling of this argument because I feel like you're both right. It'll never settle. But you're wrong. But you're also you're both looking at it from different perspectives. For me, since I represent the league and I have to on this podcast, you know, throw the league bail every so often because I'm the corporate guy. Parity is important. I think that it creates better football. If there are opportunities for new players to come in on new teams, I support that. I feel like we are going to get to a system where there are elite teams, two to three elite teams per division, and a lower tier of those other teams that become, you know, developmental teams, rehab teams for players who are hurt, or the the way station where we're coming through next i think we're going to get to a point where one team or two teams represent each division in a national league because the way this league is growing and the way that things are developing and also i think more players are going to want to take the opportunity like we saw with huff doing this offseason to build something of their own or take that risk or take that next step because there's benefits to it we're talking about Huff being a certifiable MVP candidate in and no one else. the season he had leading the animals. Oh, oh, okay, cool. So, But what's more important to a football player, being the MVP or being a champion? Speaking as somebody who well, won three of them, motherfuckers, well, you I'll tell you it's not being no an MVP. There's no universality in that. Not for the There is. I'm pretty sure DP is sitting right there. And is going to tell you he'd rather hoist up a championship trophy over a personal, uh, uh, individual MVP award, saying he's the best in the league, but getting shit. No one cares. And I'm but in, in saying, a barbershop, saying, in a barbershop, you're going to say that Kevin Durant did the hold, right thing. All I'm saying the argument. I'm having an argument. What league should the league should what they're doing? What they're doing? What I'm saying is if the league is bringing in top. The league, not players, if he is bringing top-level talent and these guys decide to on their own, makes sense. You can't tell me my friend who, who used to play in the NFL, I tell him in because he's good, can't play, he has to play for someone else. 
that's not going to work. And until the league finds a way to funnel the players in themselves, you're going to get exactly what we continue to get. So the two quarterback system, it's going to work and it's going to continue to work because it, your question, I personally think JP said it, your question was answered not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Oh, and when it's fourth and ten, who do you put in? Crosland or Moon? Moon started and played most of that game. When the chips were fucking down, they took Crosland, they put his ass in there, and he delivered cold ass, fresh off the bench. Big well, bench he's boy. not a quarterback, so he's a wide he, receiver. He is, a, he is whatever the team needs him to be. Because a few weeks ago, we were saying he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league before he got hurt. So now we're changing our tune to fit our, our debate. I promise you, this league is evolving in a way that you might not be comfortable with, Corey, but a two-quarterback system, in my opinion, might be the best thing for the league. Well, I think a lot of it. Uh, a lot of this league has seen what guys like LeBron James did in the NBA, not wanting the competition, joining the teams that are obviously stacked, who have the easier shot, because they're scared to actually put it on their own back, and they want to share responsibility. DP, you do not fall under that category. But my Sounds my good. thing is, is that if we're if we're a society that looks at Kevin Durant and says that he's a ring chaser, he's a chip chaser. He's a loser for joining the Warriors. Why do we have why do we have the conversation in our football league that at least in the positions that that matter the most that for instance if it's if the guy on on the Insomniacs the quarterback no, don't, don't even use the Insomniacs. We literally have people who are doing what what you said but you're not saying names so it's making it more difficult to really get it across. There's people that I now. consider that I consider that are chip chasing or that chip chase. Anyone who joined BIC last season was chip chasing, right or wrong. So let's just use the, that they're exact. So we know who we're talking about here. We don't have to say insomniacs or teams who didn't win a chip, who are trying to win a chip. They have to win one to be chip chasing. Insomniacs weren't guaranteed and neither was sick with it. So anybody who joined sick with it, in my opinion, wasn't chip chasing. They just wanted to play on a good team. who did, They didn't even know it was going to be good. Sick with it. If you told me when I heard Sickwood, I'm like, oh, well, I, I try to throw them away in the beginning of the season because I'm like, a flag team? Uh, okay, cool. Then they started kicking everybody's ass, and I'm like, oh, shit, a flag team? These guys are good. Hold on now. There's competition in Vegas. That, that's well, how this shit works. If you, put, if you put that guy Q, who's clearly the backup on the Insomniacs, he's, he's either the second or third string at quarterback. Okay. You okay. put him on OTT, you give him a little bit more time than that team's able to give him, is OTT not one of those teams that you have, at least have to contend with if he's no, that good? No, because what you're saying Aaron? is put the quarterback. You're saying put the quarterback. Where are the linemen at, Corey? I, I use Corey, that. you're the one of the better quarterbacks in the league. If you have a lot, Corey, you've seen what you did with the line. It's That's where it's at. We're talking about quarterbacks and skill positions. Excuse my French, but fuck those guys. You need a line. You get 0.5 seconds in the pocket. If you had 10 seconds in the pocket, what would you do, Corey? So we're looking at the wrong position to try to bring into this league. We need linemen. Every team would be good with good linemen. Well, my 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 argument is that every everybody's good when they're playing on the super team. Everybody's the best quarterback of all time when they're playing on the super team. I, I, I would invite someone to step up to the challenge and do what Huff did. 
The animals were trash. Huff is the greatest quarterback in, in the history of our league because, yes, he can win with the, uh, the U. He can win championships with the U, but he can elevate a team that was absolute dumpster fire. No disrespect to the Santistaban brothers, but an absolute dumpster fire, not only because it was just him, but guess what happened when Huff made that move? Were there not other guys that made that move with him? Sure. Did he not recruit more talent in because they were like, oh, now this other team has a chance? Sure, but now he's in Cancun. So what did that well, happen? He elevated a team you know like, animals to be competitive against a team like the Baltimore Watchmen, and they were crazy. within a touchdown difference, and the Baltimore Watchmen have two of the top, what, seven quarterbacks in this league on one roster? Oh, yeah, and it's great. I promise you it's great. But and the Baltimore Watchmen's actual roster is completely and utterly loaded compared to the Animals. Yeah, and that's why they're in Cancun. One team has a Kyrie Irving, and one team has a dog like Jimmy Butler. Who, does, <laughs> who do the players on this team want to be? Who do the players on this league want to be? Do you want to be Do you want to be Kevin Durant, or you want to be that the guy that got the dog in him? I don't know. Everybody I mean, wants to. Everybody wants I don't to. Know. I get it. I get it. That's, I mean, that's the basis of my argument. Do you root for Kevin Durant on the Golden State Warriors, or do you think that he was an asshole for doing it? I don't know. At the end I of mean, the day, when, when the look, go ahead, JP. Yeah, let me let me hear some JP. That D, DP, but I appreciate it. Um, so GP, it, DP. I got you. All right. So it, it depends on the reason. Like some some guys want to leave teams because the culture isn't what they expected to be. So I mean, me personally, like I mean. I hate to bring this up, but the, the pit bosses, like, the reason why I left that team, because the culture wasn't what I expected it to be. Like, I mean, when I, when I uh, first met Coach Bartley, you know, it, it was cool and everything. I, you know, the only reason I even joined that team was because of Lavish, um, you know, and, and the culture just wasn't there. Like, it was building to something, but it wasn't to the level that I thought it was going to be at and what I, what I don't enjoy in football. When I asked Mark to sign up for this, I knew the extent and the level and the culture that he brings to the table and what he expects his players to have. So, of course, uh, if, if my boy Mark has a team, I'm going to be there. And, you know, we talk to the guys who can bring that same culture that we have to the table and what we're trying to build. So if you're leaving because, you know, for personal reasons, you know, what, what you don't feel like that team has, that's different. If you just want to win games, that's an entirely different conversation, too. Sure. For sure. I definitely agree with that. And what, someone, what like, top, someone like me, wait, hear me out, right? Some, someone like me who's coming from the culture of BIC. Not only was it a culture of winning, but a culture of mostly football players and guys that understand the game. I'm not going to the animals to suffer. I need to go somewhere that's parallel to where I just left because I'm used to a certain type of culture. I'm not going to the snow tribe to argue with my coach and yell at my quarterback. That's not what I'm used to. What I'm used to is everybody underneath the guy calling the shots understands football at enough of a level to respect that man. There's no arguing about if we should run a run play or a pass play. We can talk about that later. In game, if he calls a run left, even if we think it's stupid at the moment, we're running the ball left. But we're talking we're talking a 30-plus-year-old, Rob, who, who earned his stripes in the league, who deserved the right to have a chance to save your body, <laughs> right? What would 24-year-old year old rob say to you as when you were coming up in this league with your core of bic players there were teams like swg the bombers the 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 other teams that were the top 
They've probably called you. Hey, come on, come on, come on and play with us. You stay for sure, guys, to build a winner from the ground up because based on who you guys were, you had the talent to do it. You just had to grind to get there. Am I wrong? You don't think they were doing the same thing I was doing? The same way they were calling me, I was calling them. It's just they responded to my call before I responded to their call. I wasn't leaving BIC. The culture there was what I needed. Their cultures were messed up, so they Mm -hmm. came home to BIC. We had Fern and Sullivano. We won a chip. That's probably the best offensive line that they're ever going to have. Me, Fern, and Sullivano. So I I get it, Corey. I don't disagree all the way with your point. I just, you know, I do feel how I feel about it, though. Yeah, and, and I think and, I think we covered that. But now, now yeah. get it back to the game because I love I love the, the you know the 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 greater debates of the the yeah. generalized things that there's there's no win or, or lose no, there. No, no, um, I just lose every uh, conversation that involves quarterbacks because like I was this season I was zero seven. But back to the actual winners that we have this weekend. We have two two games featuring four of the, the of the best. Six teams left, and we're we're getting to the point where DP, thank you so much for you know letting the other guys coach your kid. As a, as a as a father myself, I know that that's sometimes a little sketchy. Um, you guys got a lot of coaches out there that seem to know what they're talking about, so I'm sure he's in good hands. But thanks for joining us. Now we've talked at nauseum about the generalization and then your game, and then we'll, we'll we'll get back into it in a second. But the other game that we have, and you kind of alluded to it at times, was the Watchmen versus the U. And you watched that UBIC game, and and let's be clear. I I think anybody that knows football, anybody that likes football, knows that that was great football. It was high-level football. There was more than just talent there. There was an intensity level. There was some nastiness. You might not have been able to see the Watchmen because as much as they hashtag watch this, they don't let us, which is to their detriment. Shout-outs to those Baltimore guys. I know they love me, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to McNulty as much as possible this weekend. I'm narking everything. If I see a Baltimore special, I'm yelling to the – no, it's like you are, you are putting me off on Facebook. I don't know what their energy is. But how do you see that game on the other side? Because I want, I want to hear your analyst side now a little bit. You know, Scott McCorkle's doing a great job over there. Maybe we can give another guy some uh, some time to get his analyst game in uh, as, as far as players go. But how do you see that game going, Watchmen, you? And of oh, those two teams, based on what you've seen from the Nightcrawlers, who do you think gives Dr. C and the, uh, the elite guys from Florida the better game when you guys are going to – Hopefully, be in Ohio watching that live as well. So, between the Watchmen and uh, Patterson, you? Yes, sir. All right. So, Watchmen, uh, I have not been keeping up, you know, with them. I haven't watch- been watching that games clearly. Uh, but Patterson, you, like, I've, I've seen what they brought to the table. Like, I've seen what they do. I mean, from what I hear from the Watchmen, they, they have these dogs in different positions and, and they, they play football to an aggressive level and competitiveness. So, I feel like it'll be a good game, but I feel like with Patterson U, the way they just won against BIC, man, it's like you can ask for something to describe the excitement of level of football other than that game. If I, if they won that game and they won it as bad as they clearly showed, I feel like they're on a hot streak. So it's going to be hard to beat them. So if the Watchmen, if they've been playing their games, and, you know, they had a tight game apparently, you said they had, um, 
if they if they got the same intensity level, if they feel the same hypeness, could be them. But I feel like what Patterson you just did, it was crazy. So I feel like they they on the hot streak right now. What about what about the Nightcrawlers? What is your sense on uh, Doctor C, Mark Bagway, Deontay Henderson, and uh, our guy Logo Davis? So I, I don't I don't really know too much about the Nightcrawlers. I mean, watching that we game, we to do it. The crush. Yeah, uh, they they played the crush, and it's uh it's crazy. I actually knew the quarterback of the crush. I played flag football with the Meyer. Um, is 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 crazy. Like that game wasn't. It really didn't show anything. Like it just. It looked like backyard football. I mean, honestly, at sometimes, and uh, we we like to do this thing called uh, what's a backstack out here in flag football, where you have guys sit back and they throw it to him and throws it down the field. That's a lot what they were doing. They they were just playing around and ladder on everything. It looked like they didn't really take that game too seriously, or maybe they felt like they can get away with it because their talent level. Uh, I I feel like with the Nightcrawlers, I feel like they they probably end up on top of things. Uh, I feel like if DRC does anything, I didn't. I don't think he did anything that game. Uh, maybe a tackle or so, uh, in and out. Uh, I expect him to play some offense too. But if he's still at that same level, like as he was in the league, I mean. That could help them kind of propel themselves to win this game, um, but that's that's all if they they get out this mindset of backyard football. Yeah, I, I, the conversation has been, and it's not fair because they didn't play anybody, but the conversation that we give the Nightcrawlers is that they they should have and likely did learn from last year, based on most of the people's opinion of what we saw against the O Town Orange, which. I don't know. It's probably because the O-Town Orange were just that level. <laughs> they seem to have that same let's just dance before the final whistle energy. Uh, I, I would love to see how they if they get a chance either against Maryland, which would be awesome, or New Jersey. So kind of the last question, and then we have a couple uh, uh, from me, and then I have a really important question later, which I think I know where you're going to go. Who is the toughest – Potential op left for Sikwiden. Is it this week? Is it Ohio? Is it the championship? What is the 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 hardest matchup for you guys based on what's left? Uh I would have to say Man, that's a tough one. Uh you know what? I have to say this game. This game coming up. Uh the reason being is because Clearly, when well, we played against them last, like, we, we did something wrong. We wouldn't have ended up in the L column if we did everything right. So, clearly, we did something wrong. So, for us to fix our mistakes, uh, show our growth, capitalize on the things that we need to capitalize, uh, is going to take some, some, uh, some work. So, and I feel like this game is going to be tough. And as a football player, I should only be worried about the next game anyway. So, I would love to say championship. You know what was there, but I need to be focused on this next game, so I got to see if something else. Fair. Rob, you got anything more for our guest? For a harass? No, I just uh, I just know the winner of this game is going to be the per- the team that makes it to the chip. So this is the championship game, so to speak. Just don't, just don't not. If you guys do beat the Insomniacs, just don't not send enough guys out to just take care of the chaos. I wouldn't sleep, sleep on them. I wouldn't sleep. You know, you could, if you go to Ohio and and you drink or whatever before the game, that you know, shame on you. That's not, you know, this is the children's show. 
This is a fucking chosen <laughs> show, so don't be doing that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I keep giving MG his praise and everything. When he when he put the team together, like he literally said, "Hey, we are playing to make it to the championship. If you cannot make it, you're not signing up for this team." So that was one of the things we literally wow. got. Like the the paper, wow. that, man. He put things on paper: expectations, standard, culture. Sounds like a everything. coach, Rob. So, <laughs> team manager. Whatever you want to call him, all right. MG coach, team manager. He does it all, all right. So, what do you call right. him? I call him, I, that's my boy. I just call him MG. But I call him coach, right. you know. But, all right. Uh, so that, that's that's what we expect. These these guys are going to make it to the game. There will be no excuses. Uh, these these dudes can't wait. Like, same level of intensity, energy. They're excited. I'm excited. We're making the game. So You got that Bart Scott energy, right? Shout out to my guy. <laughs> Bart Scott. Can't, can't wait. You know, you know, come on. So another yep. really important question as we uh, are, are starting to, to wind down, you know, uh, an esteemed member of this panel here, um, uh, a real speedy guy in Matt Ryan. Not only is he the one who, who deals with all of mine and Rob's technical issues, he's the dragon with three heads, the prince that was promised. He's also the face of the number one selling A7FL merch item, period, I believe. And shout-outs to all of those who have bought the TBS shirt already. Calendar on the way, ladies and gentlemen, specifically ladies. But the TBS calendar is on the way. Get your, get your, uh, get your digits ready. Um, It'll be very tasteful. It'll be a scratch and sniff, too. Eh. It'll be as tasteful as possible hey, in uh, the ESPN body. Oh, my right? goodness. <laughs> but, but you guys, a couple Sundays ago, you guys took care of the Aces. You sent them back to L.A. crying, you know, making memes, all that, right? And after that game was pretty much decided, and it was decided relatively early, there was a, there was a feat of athleticism. And... Shout-outs to the other side of the ball, and, and and we have to give those guys credit because they have what would, what some would say is one of the best studios in the A7FL. Yeah, it's nice. Boy, it's nice. They also have had some interesting guest choices and all that, and that's fine. But Casey Cox started his, you know, intro into the other side of the ball podcast last week by saying, and I quote, the most athletic podcast now he did say the, the best podcast which based on our technical issues recently I, you know that's a little bit fairer to say but what is your is review it, of what we saw is it? What, i mean look at our technical is it, issues matt is we've really? been fucking up i'm being nice i'm about to trash them now stop let me go to it what was what was your opinion of the elite athleticism that we saw from uh, our head official will franklin our, our very representative level of athleticism in Steve Ashmore, who was out there running uh, on the one uh, on the on the clip that we'll save. We won't talk about him falling, even though I just mentioned it. But what's your take on the athletic prowess of the other side of the ball announcers and podcast? Sands, whoever Scott McCorkle is, because it's it's Bjorn Skarsgård. I mean, that's not a human being, Scott McCorkle. Who would name their kids McCorkle? Come on, it's Bjorn. What's your take on that athletic 
a- athleticism that we saw after you guys' game? Oh man, uh, that's that's the best af- athleticism I've ever seen in my life. That was a uh, that <laughs> no lie, no lie. That lives rent free in my head for as, as long as I live. <laughs> so it was it was oh man, it was hilarious. Was it? Was great. Um, all right, but let's talk about the level of dedication and not not necessarily athleticism, but the insane amount of confidence it takes to start a forty fall after five yards, and then get right back at the line to then fall again, man. Come on. That's eliteness. See, I have to say, that's that's the level that we bring in Vegas, man. Just like whatever we start, we got finished. <laughs> so we talk about the competition level of the teams left, right? We talk about the le- the competition of the, the, the teams left. Let's talk about the other competition that's likely happening July 21st to 23rd, Bullhead, Arizona. Collision course. I talk to as many guys as I possibly can out in Vegas. Nobody's willing to get KC's back. Who's winning? Matt Ryan, KC, 40. Go. Let's see. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot, man. I feel like I've been doing a great job of answering these questions. You're going to put me on the spot like this. All right. I will, John. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's ask Matt. I'm going to ask you this. Matt, do you feel like you are athletic enough to start the race within the first second and not fall. Yes, very much so. Okay. So, <laughs> so. Oh my God. My, my, my Vegas fellow. All right. Casey started twice and fell. So I have not seen him start a race smoothly yet. Matt, if you could do it, I'm going to have to take your word for it. But yeah, I could be wrong, Matt. I don't know, man. Well, one thing we know about Casey Cox is that nah 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 we we don't know that. So tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch. Tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch. Everybody, keep your eyes open. Run Matt Run merch is coming. Oh man. But we might be selling them out of the backseat of a car uh during championship weekend out of a box. Just hawking them at the food truck festival. We might have extras, and we might have to give them away based on other levels of, of athleticism that we see for oh, random. Well, we do have to announce something for championship weekend. Three-on-one live is happening. We are doing a live episode of the three-on-one podcast from Anderson Automotive Fieldhouse on championship weekend. Tickets and information. That's right, tickets. You'll be able to actually buy a ticket to watch us do this dumb shit. Uh, will be available soon uh, on the championship website. So keep an eye out for that. Three on one live, obviously, Darren, you'll be welcomed as a guest if you are out there for the championship, if not there for the flag tournament, all the other fun stuff, or if you just really like food trucks. Either way, you are a welcomed guest, and we'll have more information on that. But, Corey, back to you. Now, since the Run Matt Run shirt isn't there yet, DP, we have the thick boy season, hus hus, and I'll try. Which shirt are you buying for approximately twenty four ninety nine after shipping to wear for that live three on one podcast? You know what? I am, I'm very indecisive when it comes to that because I've looked at these shirts plenty of times. I've watched the podcast. I know you ask people this. I still have yet to actually pick one. Because if I did pick one, I'd be wearing it right now. Instead, I'm wearing my red right. I'm sure you appreciate that. So, uh, the chivalrous man. spirit. 
I, I got you. I, I, see, I know what that means. I'm not sure if they do. All right. Um, Rob knows. I know. Do you? All right. I'm tapping. Rob, Rob has to say spoilers when he talks about Stars and Stripes. He knows. Yeah, I got to chill. I got to chill. Yeah, I don't say anything. D- DJ, DJ Mike over here needs to start watching. Uh, and and <laughs> one of the things one of the things I'm going to have to have as part of his training regimen is he has to watch those early seasons. You know, there's, oh, nothing, more, there's nothing more motivating than seeing Deku go, uh, all, you know, uh, uh, one for all, one million percent against muscular. Uh-huh. There we go. There's there's no better cinema, I would say. I've well, done beyond Ultra. push-ups to that scene alone. <laughs> I lost all this weight basically just watching my boy Deku get broken and destroyed. It sounds like somebody's career that I know. You know, no regard for his own body. <laughs> broken bones, but still goes out there and fights as hard as he can. He's someone to look up to. That's a football player, man. That's that's that's, yeah, that's it. a recovery bro dies and he can't recover no more. But you know the vibes. Continue. No spoilers here. And if uh, I was uh, ever elite, I would say I am here, but uh, I've always been. <laughs> I am here. You're you're in <laughs> you, you So so you're gonna go Red yeah. Riot, which uh, listen, listen, of the of the the other characters, if it's not Endeavor, right? I, I think Red Riot is an absolute win, one hundred percent. Matt, you gotta start watching the show. He already yeah, said more ten news away. Did you see? You, did you did you see Mitsuri or what, whatever her name is with her whip? Uh, you know the the new season of Dragon uh, uh, Demon Slayer. No, I have I have because man, if I start it's, watching it's it, I'm not going to finish, and I don't want to wait for another episode to come out. So I'm trying oh, to no, be patient. Bro, bro. Season's, bro, season's done. Season's done. Season's, season's finale, done. Fifty-one minutes. It's yeah, a. It's season's a, done. Hino Kamikagura! Yo, watch it. Oh, relax, relax, relax. Yeah, we, we, we're getting off topic now. Look, we got Matt. So what, what shirt on the tiny URL? Dot, look, let's nerd out. Listen, everybody should have a little bit of nerdness in them. Matt's reading a book. You should read some manga. Start at the back and work your way the other way, right? There you go. There you go. Praise uh, Modern 4-3 defense. I never read about defense. Nobody cares about defensive players. <laughs> this is an all-offensive <laughs> podcast right now. And speaking of being offensive... Who are you going to pick for that shirt, just for shits and G's uh, today? Because I, I, I know, I know if we could get if we could get a uh, a D, I, I got to think of a my hero reference now for you. I'm, I'm don't rush me, but I got you, Matt. Don't look at me like that. You got to watch the show. But is there is there one of the three shirts that you're leaning towards, and then maybe you'll come back to it? Dang it! I'm gonna have to pick the hus hus, the hus hus. I, I would agree. I would agree. Based on your based on your level of performance, you you do more than try. You're, I wouldn't say you're a thick boy. And I've seen my stuff. I think you're you're more you're more you're more you know into the you know the basketball you know dribbling a man's head on the stiff arm, which I've seen, which I was a fan of. I, I I'm I'm very upset that they called that a penalty. Mm, but yeah, for yeah, a fan holes, if you don't want to listen to us talk about My Hero Academia anymore or Demon Slayer. Tinyurl.com backslash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com backslash A7FL merch. And if you can't decide, you could buy all of them. True. Now, do that. Do that. Buy all of them. Buy all of them. <laughs> but, Try Aaron, to. thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, Rob and Corey, as always, the backbones of this show. Uh, we find new ways to to argue with each other on this program that's always interesting and engaging, at the very least. 
Um, we have different opinions on this podcast, which sometimes, you know, other podcasts don't have those. I agree. Opinion singular? I agree. <laughs> but, DP, thank you so much. We know you're on the other side of the ball this week as well, so excited to have you on this show. Are you double dosing uh, This will be airing at I am. Nice. Well, they they they, uh, Casey they picked Cox the good guest, even though I got this contact. week. I learned. No, he's not. No. Oh shit! Yeah. You you no, about to impress I, him? I heard I heard he's training in in hundred G. <laughs> my man, my man, getting right. He's ready for that race. That's all that is. And, and by hundred G, uh-huh. I mean hundred grams of chocolate per hour. That's awful. Oh, oh my goodness. Hell no. <laughs> but I, I might have to wear my Bakugo shirt uh, for that podcast. We'll see. So. Oh, man. Oh, you are Bakugo. Oh, yeah. Be an asshole, man. And then go full Bakugo murder. Let's go. Heavy Bakugo shirt. I'm with and that. And on that note, we want to thank yeah. you so much for joining us here on the 3 on 1 podcast. Whether you're watching Toonami, Crunchyroll, or Game Film, we are so glad you are taking the ride with us here on the 3 on 1 podcast. What do you get when you guzzle down treats? Well, you've got two great games this week on A7FL.TV. No Oompa, no Loompa. All action for you. Straight starting at 4 p.m. Eastern when the Patterson U and the Trenton B. Uh, no, the Patterson U and the Baltimore Watchmen face off for the Northeast Division title. And then at 7 p.m., it will be the Insomniacs and the Sick with it battling these two winners move on to Ohio. Who will the Nightcrawlers and the Chaos play on July 9th? We're going to figure that out this Sunday. So join us on A7FL.TV for DP, for Corey, for Big Rob. I'm Matt Ryan saying, as always, don't be an asshole. I'll try. Wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's 3-on-1 podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast, click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face.